With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up? Happy Monday morning, Cyclone Nation. Uh, no Monday musings, uh, the written word, at least today. We're doing a little podcast. I figured that would be better because I knew that there would be breaking news one way or another. And there certainly was this morning in Oskaloosa. That's where our Jared Stansberry is as Xavier Foster, the seven-footer out of Oskaloosa, has been a prospect for a really long time here in this state it seems like he's been being recruited well he has been I guess for the entire Steve Promera and he committed to Iowa State this morning in Oskaloosa you know um, I'll give some perspective on that here in this also going to talk about of course the big two-point conversion and Iowa's Iowa State's road trip to Oklahoma over the weekend and I'll give you thoughts on basketball as well so this could be a lengthy one here just me but I hope you enjoy it um all right let's start on Foster's commitment it's been a weird 24 hours I've had a lot of people as I normally do in these scenarios you know asking me what I thought was going to happen and and normally with a recruit I've I have a good idea I, I I at least think I do it doesn't always go the way that I think it's going to go, but I generally think I have a decent idea as um, as these things, you know, kind of evolve. I've been wrong before. I'm not saying I'm always right. I've been wrong before, but I I'm usually right. Uh, I had no idea where this one was going to go. No clue. Last night when I went to bed, no clue. It started for some reason, and I don't really know where this came from. I still don't know where it came from. It seemed like, you know, Twitter and online, there really seemed to be a lot of momentum going to Iowa over the last couple of days. I think that partially be could be because he, because Foster was in Carver-Hawkeye Arena on Friday. Why would you go back for another visit if you're not going there, etc.? But Foster was very clear and we have no reason to not take him at his word. And his mom and dad said so too today that they didn't make a decision until yesterday. So a lot of that noise, wherever that noise was coming from, was um, either ill-informed or, or, or frankly false, which is which is interesting. Because I didn't know. And I was talking to pretty good sources last night, and they had no idea. This one really... Um, it, it kind of came out of nowhere as far as, the, I mean, there was going to be a, a bomb drop one way or another, and for Iowa State, it went the right way today. So that's kind of the background on this. Xavier Foster commits to Iowa State, giving Iowa State now, you know, which has kind of quietly been uh, 
one of the best recruiting classes in the history of Iowa State basketball, if you're if you're being honest. Uh, Evan Daniels is a big recruiting guy, prominent recruiting guy for 24-7 sports. He's been around for a really long time. He tweeted that Iowa State is now up to number 14 in the team rankings. Foster is the 59th-ranked recruit in the country. And you got to remember, Iowa State um, has Dudley Blackwell, Jaden Walker, and Darla Stone Dubar, who have committed over the last, you know, couple of months or so. Some of them just weeks around around each other. That's a really good recruiting class, and I don't know if a lot of. I feel like I have a decent feel for. This fan base, I don't know if a lot of people realize how good of a class it was been. I'm thinking now Foster being the most high-profile guy nationally there, but also being that he's a local guy, I'm thinking this will get fans a little more fired up for you know the future of Iowa State basketball. Foster committing today, and man, yeah, I mean, you're looking at I'm assuming they'll bounce out of the 15 because other commitments will be made here in the next few days. But um, Iowa State's going to roll in. Steve Prom's going to bring in a top 20 recruiting class this year, which is pretty remarkable. That's that's good stuff. Um, the thing that excites me the most about this is the fact that Xavier Foster can be a, a real stretch four, which... Iowa State is missing on this year's team. But you, you know, if you saw what George Condit was able to do on Saturday in Corvallis, think of that front line potential with George Condit lined up next to Xavier Foster. A couple of uh, elite rim protectors on Iowa State's front line. And, and, you know, you hope Condit can continue to develop from the outside I think he will and Foster shoots the three pretty well for a guy who's seven feet tall so it gives you a lot of flexibility you know on the front line next year with not only big guys but big guys who are versatile and you know Solomon Young's a really nice solid player he's not a versatile front line guy isn't what I would call him Mike Jacobson's trying to be and we'll see if we'll see how that experiment turns out I think that he's looked pretty good in that aspect for the first part of this year and at the end of last year. So we'll, we'll continue to watch that develop. But this is a, you know, I'm just looking at roster flexibility in the future. It's a really nice addition in that aspect. We're going to get to football here, but I also wanted to uh, talk about hoops. And since we're talking basketball, I'll stay on that um, before I get to the Iowa State football team and my thoughts on that. Uh, of course, I was with the team in Corvallis over the weekend as Iowa State lost to Oregon State by six. Overall, um, I, I you know, Iowa State was an underdog going into the basketball game. I thought that Oregon State played really well. I mean, they 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 hit fifty seven percent from three. Iowa State's perimeter defense really wasn't that bad. Now they did have some lapses early. I think that if Steve Prohm could do it again, he would probably start Prentice Nixon on Trace Tinkle as opposed to Regier Bolton. But you live and you learn. 
Nixon was awesome in the second half. Been really impressed with his intensity and what we've been able to see from the Colorado State transfers so far. He is a, an intense young man and will do a lot of good things this year in a Cyclone uniform. Um, I, I just want to kind of go with specific takeaways, and then I'll give you a, a big one. Um, first of all, I think George Condit's going to be that guy. It, it seems like every year there's a guy where fans are like, you've got to play him more. I think George Condit's going to be that guy this year. He was awesome on Saturday. Instant energy. He was kind of like a big man version of Tyrus McGee. Remember when Tyrus used to go into the game and it would be like a jolt of energy off the bench? That was what George Condit brought to the table for Iowa State on Saturday. I think you're going to get to a point, especially as Tyrese, Halliburton, and George continue to develop that two-man game. If you watch the tape, if you can go back and watch those two and the way that they work together on Saturday, it was a classic instance of big man knows exactly where a little guy wants him to be. Don't tell Tyrese I called him little guy. He won't like that, but you know what I mean. They work really well together. You can tell there's just a beautiful type of chemistry between the two of them. I think as long as that continues to develop and Condit shows that he's the offensive player that he looked like on Saturday and you bring that lob into the mix, I think he's you Prome's going to have to play the big man more. A um, couple other notes I took. Tyrus um, – I just said Tyrus, Tyrese, talking about both of them. Um, Tyrese was was fascinating on Saturday. Took two shots in the first half, didn't score. Halftime, he goes up to Steve Prohm and says, I got to be more aggressive. He was, and that was a game changer in the second half. That's the Tyrese Halliburton that has to exist for Iowa State to, you know, to accomplish its goals this year and get back to the NCAA tournament. It's got to be Tyrese, you know, heading things up like that. And that was a good learning experience for him. I think he – I don't want to say he was passive in the first half, but he was really more concentrating on letting the other guys get theirs, distributing the basketball. You love that out of your best player. That's just who he is. But you could also see in the second half he kind of ran out there and was like, all right, this has got to go through me, which was awesome. So hopefully he learns from that. I think he will. He's a really smart player. Rajir Bolton is better than what he has looked like in the first two games, which is saying something. He's been pretty good. He hasn't been bad at all. I think he's still really kind of just getting acclimated to the team and all that. You got to remember he wasn't even declared eligible until right before the season. He's He was battling a bit of a, you know, a tweaky type of injury early on. I think that we're going to continue to see improvement from him. Uh, I already mentioned Prentice Nixon. I like his intensity. It'll be interesting to see if his, you know, we've seen some of these guys who are the defensive stoppers per se, who where it, where it really starts to impact them on the offensive end because they're so gassed. Uh, I thought a little bit of Prentice, we saw that on Saturday. But he was really good on Trace Tinkle in the second half. It was encouraging. The guy who really has stood out to me is Trey Jackson, the freshman. You know, I was talking with um, a couple guys over the weekend, and they say he's he's one of the best on-ball defenders that on the on the roster already as a true freshman. He made a big three in that game. He just seems really like cool. I I don't know. Um, 
I don't necessarily know if he's going to be like a, you know, how big of a contributor he'll be in the Big 12, but I think he's going to play. I This kid looks – he – he um, the the moments don't seem too big for him so far. Obviously, it's very early, but I I don't know. I was even watching him and shoot around the other night, and I was just really impressed by him. He doesn't carry himself like a freshman. So we'll keep an eye on that. Generally, overall, you know um, – of course, you want to come back with a win. I thought there were a lot of small victories in that game, though. The fact that they were down by, what was it, 13, 14, came back, took the lead, actually. I thought they were going to win at one point. Oregon State hit some tough shots. The difference between those two teams on Saturday, Iowa State, I think, was more talented top to bottom. But Oregon State have been playing together. Those guys at all, there's a lot of chemistry. I think we saw Iowa State's chemistry develop during the basketball game which was a good thing, but Oregon State, um, I, I think they're a bubble-type team this year. I really do. I tried telling you guys that in my preview before the game. I'd studied this team a lot, being that I was calling the game on the Cyclone Radio Network. I think it's a nice team that's bound to make some noise this year in the Pac-12. The fact that Iowa State fought the way that they did, you know, I think offensively this team's going to struggle for a while. I, I don't know how good of a shooting team Iowa State is, but the one thing I do know about this group, it's kind of the in it's kind of the opposite of last year's group. Last year's group was vastly talented, but they didn't really want to do the little things to be successful. This year's group, what it lacks in skill, it picks up for with like grit and you know, they really want to get better. I've been saying this for a few months. I think in March, I, I don't know what this team's future is. I, I, I think that it's probably a bubble-type team. That's That'd be my guess, but I, I think that they can be better than that, but we'll see. I don't want to get out over my skis here, but I do think that it's a team where you guys are in Hilton in March being like, man, we really liked watching them play. They really competed. They dove for loose balls. They were gritty. I, I I think that's what this team's personality and, you know, this team's identity has to be for it to make the NCAA tournament. And from what I saw in Oregon, they're on the right track. Even though you didn't win the game, they're on the right track. You know, it was an interesting weekend in Iowa State because all three teams, the men's basketball, women's basketball, and football, all got bit down big early, made comebacks, and just lost out at the end. Same thing happened with the women at Drake yesterday. I actually walked away from that one really comp- – I was really happy with that. I didn't – I thought that I, – I really thought Drake would win that game by double figures. And the the ladies competed. Kristen Scott was awesome off the bench. Got to get her healthy. But I, I I came away very enthused. Let me get into to football. So we were in – obviously we're in Corvallis. And I'm watching on the bus and the plane. And it's 14-0 Oklahoma when we take off. So that's the last thing that I see. And I am – you know, we're in the air and we have no way – of checking on this game and you just kind of like you have that sick feeling oh man this is going to be a 56 to 14 type deal 
We so funny, and I don't I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to. You know, like we're getting to the point where we're like our initial descent into Ames, and everybody is like kind of checking their phones, seeing if they can just sneak a little bit of <laughs> cell service to get the score. And one of the guys in the back yells, "We're going for two. And we're we're like, "What? What? We see the score forty two forty one, and then cell phones don't work for another like fifteen minutes. And we're all just sitting there scrambling, trying to find out <laughs> if Iowa State made the two-point conversion. And I'm not kidding. Like, pretty much everybody in the plane is just, like, f- trying to figure this out. That poor flight attendant. Um, And I tweeted this after the game. It was – so we land, realize Iowa State didn't get the two-point conversion. And, it, you know, this pissed off a few people who are inevitably going to call me a homer and stuff. That's totally fine. I don't, I don't really care anymore. I would have cared five years ago. I don't now. Um, I unequivocally support Matt Campbell's decision to go for two unequivocally for a lot of different reasons, but mainly it's because the same reason I would have supported Matt Campbell if he would have taken it into overtime. That might sound like a cop-out. That might sound like I'm riding the fence. I'm not. Hear me out. I'm reminded of the Ben McLemore bank shot uh, that was hit in Allen Fieldhouse against Fred Hoiberg and Iowa State back. Man, I don't remember uh, what year it was. I think that was Royce's year. Or was that the Niang year? No, that was the Corey Lucius year, I believe. Whatever year it was. You guys know the game I'm talking about. And Hoiberg, it came to a classic foul or defend situation. And Hoiberg chose to defend. McLemore banks in the three. And I remember getting into a a really smart local reporter at the time, Cody Westerland. He covers the Bulls now. I really like Cody. He's really one of the best guys we've had come through here. He was with the Tribune. And he and I debated for weeks for weeks about this and Cody's very much an analytics guy which is which I respect I understand it more now than I did then um but I still haven't changed my tone where I I defended Fred Hoiberg why you were wrong why would you defend Matt Campbell to go for two he was wrong here what was he wrong or you know did a break not go your way did a play not go your way because the way I look at these situations is they're kind of game-by-game and team-by-team specific. I understand what, like, the numbers will say. I get it. Um, However, nobody knows these teams. Nobody knows their mojo. Nobody knows, like, the look in the quarterback's eye. Nobody knows the kicking situation, et cetera, better than the head coach. And, of course, Matt Campbell's trying to win the game. Um, You know... I, I love what he did, if, if you think about it, and after I go back and watch it, Iowa State was down two touchdowns with like four minutes to go. If you just got to get three yards to walk away there with a win, and you got Brock Purdy as your quarterback, Brees Hall at running back, and those tight ends, hell yeah, I'm going to try and take the two-point conversion and, and get the hell out of there. And I also like just in general in this scenario – 
I like the message that it just sends to your guys. You know, because we, I think, I think Iowa State fans are at the point now. We're not quite there. We're getting to the point like we're Iowa fans. It's like you, you start to like want more, right? And that's that's fine, and that's totally natural. But I also think that at certain times we need to tap the brakes and realize where you really are. This is still a program in its infancy. All right, we're not a newborn. But maybe not infancy, but Iowa State football is a toddler, right? It's in a middle school or you're not in high school. This is a toddler. And what that does is just sends a message to your guys that you have trust in them. You're willing to put the game on their back. One of the great atmospheres in all of college football. And you're going for it. And I, I just, I like that. I like that message. And again, I'm just being honest with you. I wouldn't have killed him if he would have taken the PAT. Because, I mean, what has Matt Campbell done during his time at Iowa State for fans to not trust him? Will be my question. Now, if you can come up with stuff for that, then by golly, you got a right to your opinion and um, maybe you have a good one. But I, I, I mean, it was just even in that three hours where during takeoff, you know, you take off, you're down 14-0, and all these things are running through your head, like how bad is this getting? And it was just another example of Campbell kind of proving you that he's got it, right? Oh, come back. In Norman. All the dropped picks I got to see on the way home. Um... But yeah, like I, 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 I support it and it's weird. And I know, I know that y'all, some of y'all will kill me on this. It's weird that I've never felt that good after a loss in my life. You just, cause there's a sense of pride. Didn't give up, fought back really. I mean, feel like you may have been the better team in the football game. Had you not been out of your mind to, to start, it was a good feeling and you you felt sick about it, and I did. I, I I couldn't go to sleep on Saturday night to save my life. But I also I wouldn't want to be Texas on Saturday. I'll put it that way. I would not want to be Texas on Saturday. I wouldn't want to be any of the three teams that Iowa State has from here on out. That's all I got. For now, uh, it's been a, it's going to be a really busy Monday at Cyclone Fanatic with the Xavier Foster news. But we have, um, you know, it's that time of year. We've got Hoop Signing Day coming up, wrestling on Sunday. They have their first duel against Bucknell. Tomorrow night, Hoops, NIU, Northern Illinois, coming to town. Um, yeah. And then of course football on Sunday. So it's going to get nuts. It's uh we had a nuts last week. Appreciate it. If any of you guys, um, if you guys want to help us out doing what we do for free for you, a couple ways you can help. You can rate and review our podcast. We prefer high ratings and nice reviews. Uh, you can, you can donate to our Patreon page. All that money goes straight into ways to help out the website. 
the latest being the new Cyclone Fanatic app. You can search for it, Cyclone Fanatic, the app, at um, either the iTunes store. I don't know what they call it, the Android market, I think is what it's called. But it's there, and uh, we, we appreciate the support. I love you guys. It was awesome being out in Corvallis over the weekend, and it's just the whole Cyclones Everywhere thing is so true. A couple of you guys came up and said hello to me. I actually got a letter in the mail, and I don't know how this guy got my address, but I want to thank him. I'm not going to say his name, but he sent me a book in the nicest letter while I was gone. I got it when I came back yesterday just about how much he – appreciates the cyclone coverage and uh, sir if you're out there i'd I'd really appreciate that it absolutely made my weekend uh that's the best part of this job is getting to meet all of you guys so thank you for listening uh we appreciate it and we'll talk soon